What a what a great blessing. Mindy, come on up. known this young woman a long, uh, long time, not because you're getting old, but because I am, uh, from the days in the youth group to uh, watch you on your journey, spiritually growing and overcoming, and uh, Mandy, I, I just want you to know you're, you're, you've been a great blessing to my life. I love you dearly, and I thank, I'm thankful you were able to uh, be uh, the spiritual director, and to help grow folks as you always do. And so I want to have a prayer over you as you share with us today. And uh, I, I just want you to know I, it, just, it just fills my heart to, to see you serving and affecting so many people for the Lord. Father, for my sweet sister here, uh, you have been with her through her journey every step of the way. Father, I know that you have cared for her and you've watched over her and she has grown in your grace uh, time and time again. She continues to be a disciple that follows you with all of her heart and all of her soul. Uh, She has encouraged so many people. I thank you, Father, for her uh, friendship. I thank you for her faithfulness to you and how that she's passing that good news on to other people. So bless her as, as she shares uh, about that, as she shares her heart and her life today. Uh, watch over, give her wisdom. Thank you for her willingness uh, to, to step up and to be able to voice things that are on her heart that you've made happen. We give you the glory. We give her the encouragement. Uh, just bless her today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. It's hard to put into words what these women mean to me. It's hard to put into words what this church means to me. What I was thinking about and what the Lord reminded me of was that there was an event in my life that brought me to a place of despair, of woundedness, of brokenness. Um, Some of that through just painful death, Um, losing my mother, my sister and I, um, our father going to prison, getting married, abused, like all the things. Like I could sit here and tell you all that because I walked in that The thing that separated me and made me aware was that this church, they brought me to the foot of Jesus and reminded me that these things happen. But y'all, I made a decision to give him my life. And I took that helmet of salvation and that was it. And I told them this weekend that we were just like a bunch of spiritual streakers running around with a helmet on and nothing else. Because what happens is, is when we do that and we don't realize, most of us look like this Bible. 
we're worn and we're weary. But you know why this Bible on the outside is worn and weary? Because over about the last seven years, this is where I've spent a lot of my time, most of my time. Because what I began to realize was that just because that one event happened didn't change the decision that I made to follow Jesus Christ. It took me a minute to make some wise decisions. But what I want to share with you today is they've already talked about how the gospel is the most centering thing of our life. What our key verse, one of our key verses this weekend was Romans 6, 22 through 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so when I read that now, I understand the process. A friend of ours shared with us that said, we are justified in Christ. Justification is free. Sanctification is not. That is a continual work of the Spirit. But we have to cooperate with the Spirit. And that means through all these trials, through all these pains, through all these things that we've been through in our life, That's an event. And when we make that decision, we are imputed with his power and his righteousness. There is nothing of Mindy left anymore. And just because that event was painful in my life did not mean that I have to drag it around and wear the weight of that. Walk under the covering of my mother's murder, my father's imprisonment. That's who I identified with for so long. That was not mine to carry And the sins of your family and your father or your mother, those are not your sins to carry. We make a choice every single day. Do I pick it up? Do I get into his word and live here and understand that this Bible was given to me not for legalistic and for rules, but was given to me to have access to God himself in a relationship with him. His word is alive and active, and it will not return void. And so there's some scripture that I laid before these women this weekend. I'm going to share some of that with you all today. Because for so long, I lived in the bondage of these chains with no freedom. Even though he had set me free, I didn't know how to live free. These women in front of me, this is what we're learning. We're going to walk this out together, right? Yes. God calls us to community. But in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect. We talked about wanting to be revived. You know what revives us? The law of the Lord because it is reviving to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. 
The commands of the Lord are radiant. How many of us want light? How many of us want light and vision to see? He gives light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. A lot of us focus, just like David was saying, on the financial and the gold and all those things. Y'all, this is more precious than gold. And if you have surrendered your life to him, you have so much treasure awaiting you. They are more precious than gold. They are more pure than gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a comb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them is great reward. Great reward. This right here, if you're not picking this up and getting in that communion with the Lord, it's going to just continue over and over. I lived in that roundabout I mean, good night. How many of us have gotten caught up in the roundabouts on Arkansas Road? I didn't know which exit to take or what to do. And that's where I felt like I was spiritually for a long time. Because I might pick it up and read a verse or two. But if reading a verse or two doesn't keep the enemy away. Getting in this word and understanding what we're equipped with and then what we have access to and to walk this out. It is not passing away. It is not fading. This is a living hope. In 1 Peter 3 through 5, it's guarded in heaven by God's own power. And we can stake our lives on the truth and the word of God. He is unafraid to enter into our pain, our stories, our hurt, our brokenness. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. And it's not because anything that we've done. It is because of what he did, the grace freely given on that cross. The grace was given by Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Galatians 5, 1, 13 through Galatians 5, 1, and 13 through 16 and 17. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So, I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Y'all, this is a continual. We're in the flesh. Even though we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, and we have somebody who's interceding for us, We have to know this is a battle that we're going to walk out every day. But guess what? The war is already won. And so in the beginning was the word. In the beginning when he created me and knit me together in my mother's womb. And then when I gave him my life, that secured my eternity. But what was I going to do? Right here among the present. 
in the waiting, and there's lots of things a lot of us are waiting for in our life, right? To see lives changed, lives restored, our kids brought to the kingdom. But what are we doing while we're waiting? Are we in his word? Are we worshiping while we're waiting? Are we serving while we're waiting? Can we look beyond ourselves to go low and be a humble servant that the Lord has called us and live in the gratitude? There's so much in this word that says rejoice, be thankful, and most of all, rejoice, be thankful. Amen. This is that process that we're working on, that we're working out. It's that continual work. It's an active faith. And if you see anything in this scripture, y'all, please let me know that says it already happened and you don't have anything to do. If y'all can find that, let me know. Everything in here is what do we talk about? It's verbing it out. It's what? Action. This is faith in action. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 8 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. How do we have knowledge of Him? His Word. Who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises. So that through them, that you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, sit down and be quiet. I don't think that's what it says. It says, for this very reason, make every effort. We talked about this. We did English this weekend, and we did math, right? We talked about verbing, action, and now we're talking about addition and subtraction. Because... When we surrendered to him, we left those grave clothes, and y'all, he gave us a whole new wardrobe to wear. He said, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control. And to self-control, here's our favorite word, perseverance. (laughs) And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That hit me several years ago because what I realized is that if I don't do anything, I'm not going to be productive and effective in the kingdom. Was everything that I went through worth sitting down and being quiet? Absolutely not. Because it says in Revelation 12:11, by the blood of the lamb and the power of your testimony, we will overcome the evil one, and that's being effective and productive in the kingdom when we don't sit down and we become bold with the gospel of Jesus Christ to save souls, to set free and to live free. But I also realized I couldn't run on empty, and I couldn't do it alone. We are adopted into a big family. A lot of us, when tragedy strikes or when our parents weren't around, we felt abandoned, we felt alone. And I'm going to tell you what I've seen this weekend 
there's no separation between our directors, our team, and our retreatants. Because his blood covers us all and unites us all in one big family. Nobody is higher than anybody else. This big family we have, and we have a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Living as a we and not as a me. Bob Goff said, selfless love is always costly. Fear can't afford it. Pride doesn't understand it. But friends and our sisters never forget it. Hebrews 11 and 12 and 1 and 3 is where it talks about the great hall of faith and the great cloud of witnesses. Cheering us on, encouraging us to set our faces on the prize. Jesus is worth it. Take heart, throw off, run with perseverance, eyes fixed on Jesus. Run in that every day. This is community, and community plays a vital role. It played a vital role in my individual healing. So if we feel like we're alone, y'all, get up and get yourself to church, to CR, to re-engage, to something, because there is community there, and they're going to help you continue to get to the foot of Jesus. We talked about RE and what that means, and that means bringing back, to bring back repentance, We shy away from confession and repentance a lot because we're afraid of what other people are going to think of us. And if we're the ones passing judgment on somebody else's sin, shame on us. And if we look at somebody and we want to call them by that, by that sin and that shame, that's what the enemy does. Because what Jesus calls us by? Our name. It's time to move out of those chains and forward in his promises. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I had to live in that and learn what that meant. That there were times that I was going to have some space where I was by myself. But what I had to do was focus on the one who never left me. The physical will leave. There will be physical separation from people, death, all the things. But I know where my mother is, and I know eternity, and I know she is waiting. Things above are eternal. Things here perish. Put your heart in ascent and your mind on things above. When we do that, there should be a change in our behavior. So if you've been struggling with that, then let's get to the root of what is going on. There's a whole team, a staff, our elders. All they want to do is serve and love. Progression, moving forward from knowledge to that disposition of action. And so when we've put off that old self, it's time to put on and live in the new name that he has given us. It's a lifestyle, it's a continual process, and it's time to act like it. The more we know, the more we change, looking more and more different than the old self. This is in Colossians. Colossians, I'll read a little bit of that for y'all. Colossians 3. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
We talked about that this weekend and having a vision of the, have you seen a bird perched, a big mama bird, and she's got her chicks and her little birds under their wing? Y'all, this is him. We are hidden with him. And when we're hidden with him, the closer we are and we're abiding in him, the more time we spend with him, that the nature becomes natural to us, the nature of God. We're able to hand out compassion. We're able to hand out gentleness. We're able to hand out the one who is the true definition of love. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And you can go through all that list. But what I want to get to is here... This is where we're set free by Jesus. And then he says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, it's time to get dressed. It is time to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against each other. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Put on love. That's what ties up our garments. This isn't a feeling. It's a decision. I made a decision, and now it was time for me to walk it out and trust the one that I gave my life to. To live in love leads to peace. How many of us want peace, right? We live in this chaotic world, and it doesn't settle us. Our phones don't settle us. And if you say you don't have time, recount how much time you spent on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And if you've done that for 30 minutes, you've had time to spend with the Lord. And I'm saying that because this is what I had to do for myself. Put down those things of the world. Put on the things of the Lord. And devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Be active and alert. Persistence is an expression of our faith that God answers prayers. Be wise in how we speak to each other. And then we talked about the armor. And we all heard that, about getting dressed in that armor. But what we forget sometimes, and what I had to be reminded of, was that when we get dressed in that armor, a lot of times we're leaving this part exposed. That's why we have to have this community who stands behind us and who holds us up. Because it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Whoever pulled that trigger that took my mom's life. I cannot hold that against them because the same forgiveness that God offers them, he offers me. So if I live in the bondage of unforgiveness, that bitter root sets in and I will be unproductive and ineffective. That's theirs to carry. It's not mine. So I had to move out of that, uproot that, and live under the identity that God has given me. And you know what that is? I'm going to share a little bit of that real quick. I am a child of God. I have peace with God. I have access to God's wisdom. 
I am reconciled to him. I am not condemned. I am justified. I am Christ's righteousness. I am his ambassador. I am completely forgiven. And I am tenderly loved by him. I am a sweet fragrance of Christ. I am not my shame, y'all. We are not our shame and our pain. And I'm sick and tired of it. We all talked about how sick and tired we are. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of the enemy making my friends and my sisters feel that way. So if it's time for me to open my mouth and share with them what God is doing in my life and what he will continually do, because I am sanctified and I'm a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and I'm firmly rooted and built up in Christ. Y'all, that armor is special. It's the truth. It is righteousness. We are standing on that ground and ready to move out. And with our feet fitted for the readiness, the readiness, the gospel of peace. And pray in the Spirit. We have the shield of faith. This is our sword. This is our sword. This is what we fight with. It's not our words and our mean things that we say to each other. This is what we should be filtering everything we do and asking, who told you that? Did the enemy tell me that? I need to go figure that out in God's word and not listen to something that somebody else is saying. Our armor shows external truths about an internal reality. It mimics the role of who God is in our life. It covers us, it aids us, and protects us. And we put on Christ knowing that in him, God has given us divine power to demolish strongholds and has set us free to live free. It's time to proclaim it, to live it, and to live like we cannot lose. Because in Jesus Christ, there is no loser. The Apostle Paul captured that posture, that attitude in disposition of living like you can't lose. Philippians 1, 20 through 21. Let me live and I will keep preaching. Kill me and I will be with Jesus. Either way, he could not lose. That's what this church has taught me to do. To live like I can't lose. Because everything that I need is through his word and through him alone. The blood that covers, he broke the chains For me to live free, not just be set free. The more time we spend in his presence, his love, and under his authority, the more rooted we become. Rooting takes time and connection so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians 3.17 Because y'all, what we plant in here, plants in here, It overflows in our mouth and into our actions. So if there's a lot of anger and things going on within your home, within your work, y'all, we've got to be the ones who start changing that and not being being affected by that. So plan it here so that that's the overflow of what he's doing in our life. We have opened our minds and our lives to the Holy Spirit of God, and he has taken up residency within us. And that sanctification, that continual chipping away, 
It's already in us, and now it's time to put it on us. We can watch for the enemy, and that's being active and alert, and filter those things. Developing that personal relationship with Christ, meditating on his word, internalizes its purpose, and planning things, them in our actions, and dwelling in his presence, in prayer and in praise, thanksgiving and in song. I use a five-second rule is what I told them. And so what that means is somebody wants to rage. If I get a little aggravated about something, because I have a tendency to have trouble with this right here. And so what I started doing was giving myself five seconds. Because if I opened my mouth too quickly, it became a reaction. And if I gave my mouth five seconds to do what it tells me in Philippians 4, think on what is true, what is honorable, what is noble. Am I about to be honoring to somebody? Am I about to honor God with what's about to come out of my mouth? And when I can process that and filter that, that's putting on what he has given us. From Scripture, we receive written proof of what God has done for us, what he's created us and called us and empowered us into becoming. Then in prayer, we cooperate with him to stamp these truths repeatedly in our minds, plant them in our hearts, And more than that, we can access them and engage them and draw down their power. His power, not mine. Transforming the way we think of our lives, receiving and believing our true identity. The one that was stamped on us the moment we ran to the foot of the cross, paid in full. I want to be somebody who didn't just survive trauma. I wanted to be somebody who thrived, effective and productive because I have learned that pain and peace can coexist in Jesus Christ. Jesus is enough. His blood covers us all. And so what I want to leave you with is a little bit of my life. I have seen the destruction of the enemy, my mother in a casket, my father in shackles, hands to feet, the judgment of a jury, the guilty verdict rendered, a life sentence handed down, our father behind bars, the inside of a visiting shed, the headstone of my mother, the empty reflections in the mirror, tear-stained pillows, abuse from a husband, divorce times two, where choices lead, shackles, jumpsuits, DOC numbers, children taken away, where anger leads, reputations tarnished, lives shattered, and how victims live. And I could have stayed in that, in that verse in Genesis 20, we're talking about the life of Joseph. And it says, what the enemy meant for evil, I could have lived in all this evil. And then it said in that song, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. But it didn't stop there. The last part of that verse says, for the saving of many lives. And y'all, one I'm in 
can change not only your life, but your household, your community, your church. And it changes the kingdom when we accept and participate to change lives for Jesus Christ. Because I know the victor, the conquering king, and I choose hope restored, light in the darkness, the goodness of the Lord, redemption, arms of mercy, extended hand of grace, love abounding, forgiveness freely given, a happily married after, restoration, children planted in the Lord, speaking life changes lives, legacies begin, and it all started at the foot of the cross. What you choose is up to you. How do you want to live, shackled by the pain or in the freedom of the pain taker? He lives to set us free, to live free. And now, let's live like we cannot lose. Father, thank you for Mindy's words, and thank you, Father, for this message of the good news of Jesus and how we can be set free. We pray, Father, many will be set free today. In Jesus' name, amen.